I want to just say what a blessing it is to be back here again. We always love coming here. Um, I, you know, I feel such an openness here among you and a hunger. And there's such a great atmosphere here. And it's because of your faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's easy to, it's easy to preach here. Hallelujah. Um, and I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this family, the Armada family. Uh, I've known uh, Brother Dale Armstrong for many, many years, uh, even before I met Pastor Sidney and uh, Jen, Jennifer. And so we've go, we go way back in uh, our roots, and God just has kept us together. Hallelujah. And we're stronger when we work together. Amen? And I believe the best is yet to come. Yes. Amen? And, and we're all in this together. We're all laboring together. If we read the Scriptures correctly... All of us have a part, amen? And it's, it's all about the same thing. It's reaching the lost, amen? And seeing his kingdom come. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. And I'm excited to be alive in, in this day. I mean, I know it looks like the devil's winning, but I'm telling you, God is in control. It may not look like he is, but I'm telling you, he is. And it's an exciting day to be alive for what was, what's coming right now. And I want to talk to you just a little bit. And there's many things that you know already. And, but I just want to remind you again of what's coming. I want to talk about the rain and the glory that's coming on the church. Amen? And as I think about these last days, but we are living in exciting times. I believe we're entering into the last of the last days. Amen? It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. And some of the scriptures, there's so many uh, concerning the last days. I think of I, Isaiah in chapter 34 where he talks about judging the nations. Using uh, verse 2 like this, it's, he says, For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and His fury against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them and He has given them over to the slaughter. So there's coming a judging of the nations. But at the same time, you go to chapter 35, you see what God's going to be doing with His body, His church, His people. And that's exciting. You look at verses 4 through 6, Isaiah 35, verses 4 through 6. I'm using the New King James. It says, Say to those who are fear, fearful hearted, I won't ask. But say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the vengeance of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Hallelujah. That's where we live. Praise God. And then you go down to verse 10. It says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. Isn't God's word good? Yes. To know the future before it even gets here? Hallelujah. 
We can see what's coming. Who else in the world has that kind of privilege? We can see what's coming. Hallelujah. And that's exciting. And even though the devil, even though he knows his end, it's always amazing to me how he never tires of trying to get you and me off track and distract us from the cause or the purpose that we are even here for. You know, why does this whole thing continue? When's it going to end? Sun still rises in the east and sets in the west. Seasons still come and go. When's it going to end? What's it for? Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, verse 14. Jesus says, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then... Then the end will come. Nothing is more clear in all the Scripture about when the end will be than this one. Amen? Then the end will come. And and I love how James expresses it in James chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Who's the farmer? God is. What's he waiting for? The harvest. He's waiting for that precious fruit of the earth until it receives the early and the latter rain. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But think about that. He loves the precious fruit of the earth and he's waiting patiently for and he's telling us to wait patiently. Don't be anxious. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. As sure as the sun will rise in the east tomorrow, it's coming. Hallelujah. Amen? Everything about our lives, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Everything that God is doing in the earth today is tied to, connected to, leads to the greatest desire in God's heart, reaching the lost, reaching those who don't know Him, His kingdom coming, being established in the hearts of people. Amen? Not just ours. We've tasted it. It's wonderful. But He's not finished. Amen? Hallelujah. No doubt. We live in difficult times, crazy times. And it looks like the enemy is advancing. And we're tempted to be discouraged. But I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, don't lose heart. Don't let your heart be troubled. You know, every year, as I said earlier, we have this Holy Spirit conference. And the theme is the same. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And I usually end up teaching on the two works that the Holy Spirit wants to do in every person. There's the work within and the work upon. The work within is unto salvation. We see that with the woman at the well when Jesus told her, The living water that I give you will be a well in you springing up into everlasting life. That same water, that same life, that same power 
of God in us also is there to produce fruit. We get, it brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. It builds character in us when we yield to it, when we, when we live for it. Amen? So when did that first happen? When did that work first take place in the Scriptures? Some say it was the day of Pentecost, and I say that's not when it happened. That's not, they say that's when the church was birthed. No, it's not. The church was birthed in John chapter 20. When Jesus, after going into heaven and laying his blood on the altar in heaven to satisfy the demands of, of God in justice, and, and it was fulfilled, and, and he was able to open that way for us, hallelujah, he, he first appears right after that to a handful of his disciples, and he says these words, to, he, he, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you think they did? Do, did they receive the Holy Spirit? If Jesus breathed on you and said, receive the Holy Spirit, are you going to receive the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. And they were the first ones born again, saved. How do I know that? By what Jesus said right after that helps me understand that. Well, what did he say right after that? He who sins you forgive, they're forgiven. He who sins you remit, they're remitted. It almost sounds like he's given you and me the power to forgive sins. Like we can go out and choose who we want to see their sins forgiven. I don't like him. I don't want his sins forgiven. No, that's not what he was talking about. I love the way the Passion translation uh, reads in these verses here in John 20. Listen to this. In the Passion translation, John 20, verses 22 and 23, then taking a deep breath, Jesus blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins, and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of sins, they will remain guilty. Wow. That speaks of our responsibility. So this is the point. With the gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness of sins that you and I have received comes a responsibility. And it's for all of us. It rests upon all of us. Amen? If you fail to share your faith, if you fail to share this gospel, this good news that you've received, then you're causing people's sins not to be forgiven. That's what he's saying. So it's important for us to understand there's a responsibility with the gift that we've received. Amen? This first work of the Holy Spirit. That second work of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to be witnesses. Amen? We need help. Amen? When did that first happen? Book of Acts, chapter 2, day of Pentecost. Amen? And so that empowerment for witness also leads to the operation of gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Those gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just for us to sit around and bless each other with, they're, they're given to us to be witnesses with. Amen? <clears throat> so we need to be sure we understand. I, and I have to be careful because I'm, I'm tempted to go off this every direction with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay on track here. We need to understand the purpose of Pentecost. Why was the Holy Spirit given that second work? Why did we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's so that we can be effective witnesses. Amen? Yes, we want to be like Jesus. 
That comes from the Holy Spirit's work within for salvation, for fruit. But we also want to do the works of Jesus. Do you understand that? When Jesus said, the works I do, you will do also, and even greater works than these you will, you will do, that's what he was talking about. Amen? So being like Jesus is awesome. But I also want to do the works of Jesus, and he gave me help for both. Amen? You know, there's a... When, when Jesus told his disciples to wait in, in Jerusalem, he said, wait until you, for this gift to come. He didn't just appear to this handful of disciples. We're told he appeared to over 500. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says he appeared to over 500 brethren. Do you think he told them to wait for the gift? You better believe he told them to wait for the gift. Wait in Jerusalem. In not many days from now, this is the way he said it, you will receive this gift. Well, if Jesus appeared to you after his death, burial, and resurrection and said, you wait over here for a few days to receive something, would you do it? Yeah. We all say, yeah. But so, if he said that to over 500, how many were there on the day of Pentecost when the gift was given? Do you remember? It's written. 120. 120? I thought he appeared to over 500. Yeah. So where were the other 380? One in four was present. Some say, well, they did show up the first day. But as they were waiting, they were checking their watches the calendar, man, I got things to do, I've got a business to build, I've got education that I've got, I've got all these things in my life that I have to do. I can't just sit around here. I can imagine that. But Jesus appeared and he said, wait, I don't know what's coming, I can't even explain it. All I know is this is what he said. <clears throat> Amen? Did I grab the right bottle? <clears throat> One, four. We're there, present. <clears throat> I, just <clears throat> I just want to say this. In America, <clears throat> we've grown up with this democracy mentality. And it's not bad, but we have to be careful in the church, in spiritual things. Because we tend to believe that if the majority goes a certain way, it must be right. No, it's not. Not always. <clears throat> Here, the, the majority didn't even show up. Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, don't always go with that. Don't be afraid to, to stand with the minority. Don't be afraid to stand with the few. And say, I'm believing God. I'm going to stand here with these few folks. Hallelujah. Amen? Just be encouraged with that. <clears throat> Acts 1. What did Jesus say to the, to the disciples just before ascending? And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
I thought they received the Holy Spirit. He said to the same disciples that he blew on and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He's saying now to them, wait for the Holy Spirit. I thought they had the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit for salvation, but they needed the Holy Spirit as their helper to empower them to be witnesses in the earth, just like we need today. Amen? Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power, why? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen? There's help for us. Thank God he, he tells us and gives us visions and he gives us dreams and it's always so much bigger than us. It's always more than we can do in our own abilities and our own strength and our own finances. And it's always bigger because it has to be him. Amen? How many stories do we have from Gideon, you know, your army's too big, 30,000 going against 120,000, that's, you're too many people. What? I'm better at math than that. <laughs> Tell all who are afraid to go home. So 20,000, check out, 10,000 are left. Okay, God, here we go. Still too many. What? Still too many? Yeah. They ended up with 300. 300 against 120,000. And I love that one scripture that says, after they had the enemy on the run, and 300 men are chasing 120,000. I love that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a great picture for us today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's helping us. It's him. It's his, his power, his spirit. The rain is coming, I'm telling you. And the rain has a purpose. Amen? James 5, 7. Back to the, where I started in the beginning. He said he waits patiently for the fruit of the earth until it receives the former and the latter rain. Both the former and the latter rain. What did he mean by the early rain or the former rain and the latter rain? Well, in the, in the part of the world that I live, I only live about 300 miles north of Jerusalem. So our climate is very similar to Jerusalem, Beirut, that whole part of the Middle East. And we go all summer without any rain. Months. This year, it was like eight months. And that first rain comes in October... It's, it's, it's amazing. No matter where we're at in the house, somebody yells, it's raining outside, you know. Oh, and we all go to the balcony of the house. Oh, and, and we want to run outside. Wow, water from the sky. And I know everybody else around us there thinks we're crazy. We're fruity because they're used to it. They were born in this. Not me. I'm an Ohio kid. It rained all the time, you know. But man, when you go eight months with no rain, and that rain comes, it feels so good. It smells good. The fragrance of that first rain is so awesome. And so in October, that rain, that first rain comes, that early rain, it is so awesome. And they, and they say that early rain, it leads into the winter months of the rainy season. And man, the winter months are a rainy season, and they're in it right now. 
And, <clears throat> but that first rain helps the ground to become soft for plowing and planting seed. And then after the winter months, about April, that latter rain comes. And that latter rain helps to ripen up the fruit for harvest and gets it ready for harvest. Now, when you look in the scriptures, um, there's a parallel here. And it's very clear in the scriptures. He talks about the rain. And the early rain, the early rain, when it says early rain, like we read in James 5, 7, I believe he's talking about the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was first given. The early rain began on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit first came, and we read about the effect, the impact of that rain on the church, on God's people in the book of Acts. It's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, people were healed. People were uh, judged like Ananias and Sapphira. There were things that happened that were just amazing because of that first rain. That praise, I want that rain. I don't know about you. I want that rain. But then there was this long season, and then came the latter rain, which I believe began most likely in Kansas with a few college students in 1900, and then it was in Azusa Street, the Azusa Street Mission revival that started there with, under William Seymour, and, and then that thing just blew up, and the, the Holy Spirit was poured out in such a powerful way that, and you've heard the stories, and how that they even thought the building was on fire, and fire trucks showed up, and, <clears throat> and they literally thought they saw fire on the building, and, and people from all over the world came to that revival, and God baptized them in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, and, and the Word of God, and this is what we don't see sometimes, the purpose of that what happened as a result of that? There were people that went and took that fire and went to Europe with it. They went to Oslo, Norway. They, there was a couple that went to uh, Calcutta, India. And that, that exploded in India, that revival fire. Hallelujah. Two Swedish brothers attend. William Durham was one of the few that got filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time in, a, in the Azusa Street Revival. Went back to Chicago where he's from. His revival meetings were so powerful that when people tried to walk in the door, they would fall down. The Holy Spirit was so powerful in the atmosphere. And there was, there was two Swedish brothers that attended his meeting and were filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was prophesied over them, this word, para, para. And they thought that was where they were supposed to go. They didn't know where it was. So they looked it up in the library and found out it was in Brazil. So they went to Brazil. It was so supernatural how they got there. And then they started with 18 people. That movement grew until today there's over 15 million Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled people speaking in tongues in Brazil. No country has as many Spirit-filled believers in as Brazil because of two Swedes out of that revival, the Holy Ghost revival. Hallelujah. And there's story after story, whole denominations that were started out of, I'm talking about Pentecostal, Spirit-filled denominations out of that revival. That's the latter rain that started. Hallelujah. But in the last of the last days, are you ready? <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. We're about to hit some turbulence. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, he uses it together, the early and the latter rain, together. I don't know what that looks like but it sure sounds good. 
Hallelujah. Listen to this. I love the way Hosea said it. Hosea 6.3. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. Hallelujah. Amen? So he mentions them together here. And he says it's going to come at last in the end. Hallelujah. That's where we are right now, people. Hello. Yeah. Amen. I, 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 I like how Isaiah describes that time. In Isaiah 60, he gives us a picture. In the first verse, first two words are two commands. Arise, shine. Hallelujah. That's a word. That's a fresh word for us today in the church. Rise up in this darkness. Shine the light, the love, the God you have. Hallelujah. Amen? He says, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Oh, I love this. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. Are we there yet? Oh, yeah. But the Lord, listen, when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, that's a sign. Then the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, those who are not believers, will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. That's what we're moving into. Can you see why I'm excited about being alive? Hallelujah. What an awesome time and a day to be alive. Hallelujah. We get to see it. Praise God. All he says is, ask. Ask. Ask for the rain. Ask for the rain. Send the rain. When are we supposed to ask for the rain? In the time. Of the latter rain. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Glory to God. Amen? Look, this former and latter rain together. Hallelujah. We've tasted of it. When, when the wall came down, I remember when people were oppressed under communism. Before the wall came down, I was living in Germany. And I was smuggling Bibles and Christian literature into East Germany and into Romania and Czechoslovakia. And I remember risking our lives. I know people who got caught, the people who were tortured, people who were jailed. I mean, that went through a lot. I could tell you many stories going into those countries at that time, the stuff we went through, crazy stuff. But people were oppressed. And, you know, those are the moments, those are the times where God is preparing something. Hallelujah. When people are oppressed in our country, in this country, we see a whole mix of things that have oppressed people over the centuries, like hedonism 
We see that rising up in our country under the guise of transgenderism and, and all these other things that they're, they're putting out there. It, hedonism is basically throwing off all restraint of the flesh. Just satisfying the flesh. Hedonism. And it all seems good in the moment and up front, but it, it brings death because it separates you from the life of God. It separates us from the light of God. You understand? Communism, socialism, which just is, socialism is just the early stages of communism. It oppresses the people. I wish I could take some Americans and come with me and live among these people and see what, what comes out of this. You would despise it. You would hate it. You wouldn't want it. Dictatorships. Adolf Hitler, Pol Pot, Mussolini, and our modern dictators today. Should I say it? No? Okay. Maduro and... There's, there's dictators today. And it oppresses the people. Why? It separates them from the life of God. And they need the Word of God. And when that wall came down and that thing lifted, let me tell you something. I was there. When that wall came down, I was there. And I, I, we were some of the first Westerners to move into Bulgaria. I set up meetings. I remember the first meeting I set up for Reza Safa, who was an Iranian evangelist. Can you imagine that? Former Muslim, now on fire for God, preaching the gospel. And I set up this meeting in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, right in the center of Bulgaria. And there was probably 3,000 people present in the meeting in this huge auditorium. And after he preached the simple gospel, he gets to the end and invites people to receive Christ. Who in here wants to receive Christ? Come forward. Everybody got up. And he said to the interpreter, no, 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 no. Tell him to sit down. You didn't understand. You didn't translate it right. He said, no, no. I, I said what you said. And he said, no, you didn't. Tell him to sit down. So they all sat back down. I'm watching this. We're filming it. And so he explains it all again. If you've never known Christ, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now for the first time, then get up and come forward. Again, everybody got up and was coming forward. And he said, my God, this is revival. It's like, uh, and it's just shocking to see. I, I remember we were holding these summer campaigns, crusades, and I rented a stadium, a football stadium for a bag of grass, American grass seed. They wanted American grass seed. That was my payment. I rented a stadium, a football stadium for a week. And we had revival. Hallelujah. And at the last day, I was resting out in the village where I live. And I was coming back in and I was speeding. None of you do that, I know. But the police caught me with a radar gun. And he said, what are you doing here? He knew I was foreign. I said, you know that stadium revival that's going on those meetings and he says oh yeah yeah i says god is doing awesome things there tonight's the last night i said you should come it's amazing what god is doing he said i have a nine-year-old girl she's lost complete sight in one eye she's going blind in the other she's almost lost complete sight do you if i bring her will god heal her i said you bring her so he made me pay a dollar because i had to for the ticket you know and so I went on my way. I had forgotten all about it because I'm, I'm responsible for all the logistics. And we're sitting up, I'm sitting up on the platform, Ray's is preaching. In the middle of his message, I hear behind me, pss, pss. I look behind me, it's this policeman. And he's got his nine-year-old girl. And he's like, come on, man, do your thing. You know? 
And I'm like, can you wait at least until the message is finished? And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So as soon as Reza was finished, I looked down at the end of the platform. He has this nine-year-old girl standing up there, and he's waving for me like this. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord. So I started walking down there, and I'm thinking, I don't feel spiritual at all because I have been doing all the logistics. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where the weight of everything is on you logistically, and I don't feel very spiritual. So I'm walking down, and I'm repenting, and I'm saying, God, please. And I'm serious from my heart. I said, don't let this little girl suffer another day because of me. And when I got down to her and I put my hands on her, I looked out in the corner of my that policeman, a hardened atheist policeman, was weeping like a baby. And the power of God came on that girl. And I just, I didn't even want to test her. I just walked away. Two minutes later, Reza has her up front. She took the patches off her eyes. She's reading numbers and signs on buildings I couldn't even see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a 17-year-old boy. I'm talking about the rain. The rain that's coming. The rain that's begun. Hallelujah. I remember a 17-year-old boy. They called us before, before the, 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 the campaign began, the evangelistic meetings. They called us into this, this um, 17-year-old boy. broke his neck in a gym accident. They said, we don't know if he's going to live, but he'll never walk again. He's paralyzed. And I had a... I had a neurosurgeon, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled neurosurgeon, Dr. Mark Neunschwander from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Maybe somebody knows him. He was in there with me. And we had been witnessing to this other doctor in the hospital there who's an atheist, avowed atheist. And he was in intensive care with this boy. I didn't know it. We walked into the room, and he's standing there at the foot of the bed with his arms crossed like, okay, let's see you do your stuff. And we walk in, and, and there's a boy, and he's got a clamp in his skull to take the pressure off of his neck and he, he, he just started weeping as we'd start talking to him about Jesus and we laid hands on him, prayed for him. We left the room. Two or three days later, in the middle of this crusade, we have people come forward for prayer. There's a kid in a baseball hat and I got down and I looked him in the eye and it was this kid, it was this 17-year-old. He had walked to the meeting completely healed. I jumped back. I said, it's him. Hallelujah. And we brought him up on stage, and he's testifying. And at the end, we have it on video. He said, what do you think about Jesus? He said, he's everything to me, and he's just weeping. Talk about changed lives. That's what the rain will do. That's why it comes, because he loves people. Amen? And that atheist doctor... He got saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. We saw hardened atheists. I was, I'd go into, from the moment I woke up to the moment I laid my head down, we were preaching everywhere. Everybody wanted us to come preach the gospel. We went into bars. I stood up on a table in a bar and preached the gospel, and they wanted me to be their preacher. And they were so excited about my message in the bar. Can you believe it? I'd go into orphanages and jails, and I remember going into an elite school with all the uppity-ups kids went to, and all of these teachers standing around, and as I testified, I watched the Holy Spirit come on these teachers, and these teachers began to cry. I remember this young man looked at me and said, how could you say you love me? You don't even know me. I said, that's what it's about. That's supernatural. That's what he's done in me. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? 
we're going to have the same thing. We're going to see even more. Amen? That's what's coming. Let's stand together. I don't stop. I'll keep going. I'm telling you, there's so many things that God did. <clears throat> and it wasn't just in Bulgaria. It was in Romania. It was in Hungary and in all, all these countries that were oppressed. And the rain came. Hallelujah. Amen? And the rain. Let's call out to God for the rain. Let's ask the Lord for rain. Amen? Send the rain. You know that song, Let It Rain? Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. I love that song. Amen? Think about this. Make it a prayer when we sing it. Lord, let it rain. Let the rains come. Open the floodgates of heaven on this nation of ours. And let it rain. Don't get bogged down in the arguments and the heady stuff. Let it rain, God. Let the power of God fall. Let everything get wet. Amen? God, we call out to you now as of your people. We say, Lord, let it rain. Let it rain on this church. Let it rain on this city, on Lancaster, Lord God. Let it rain where people's eyes will turn back to you. Their hearts would turn back to you, Lord God. We cry out to you for rain, the former and the latter rain. Oh God, in Jesus' name. Shakatala masiketele mohonto. Lebrovisam remendo bregescan dolanda shekele mandai. Handos koboloto sheke papalala bahandai. Hallelujah. Sheke lama sukurie. Hallelujah. Sheparadasa kalanaye. Nando ke papalala bakandai. Hallelujah. Sheke le mosu. Brebeske. Balanando. Seke malandosa de deske bolanaye. Hallelujah. So rabasaye. Send the rain, Lord God. Let it rain. Hallelujah. Let it rain on this nation, God. Let it rain on Washington, D.C., Lord. Let it rain on every state capital. In the name of Jesus, let the rain fall. Let the rain come. Let your glory be seen on your people, Lord God. Let your people rise and stand. Hallelujah. Mosobra basikele mohondo, mambre nenge sikele mohondo, vregeskele mahando, hallelujah, sheke, masu rebeshiki bolokutala mandai, nengele nanga, sekele mondo pragasaye, hallelujah, hallelujah, lobra kasa kalala mahandai, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that Gideon army. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I may seem few in number, but bless God, I'm chasing the enemy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Nothing, nothing will stop or defeat the plan of God, the love of God for the people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray and I, I declare a, a, a greater operation of your gifts in your people, Lord God. A greater operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every gift, Father, of the Holy Spirit operating in these people right here, Father. A greater flow and a release, Father, of the word of knowledge, of the word of wisdom, of discerning of spirits, Father God. I pray for 
workings of miracles, the gifts, of, the gifts of healings, hallelujah, the gift of faith. I release a, the gift of faith in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Let the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow greater, Father, stronger than ever before in the name of Jesus. Father, we're hungry. We're hungry, Lord God. We want it. We're tired of, of, of what we've seen. We, we want you. We want the rain. We want the Spirit of God to come upon us, Lord. Only you have the answers. Only you know what's good for us, for humanity, Lord God. So we cry out to you, send the rain. Send the rain. Hallelujah. Sabro fikiete. Flashing clouds. Showers of rain. Flashing clouds. Showers of rain. Hallelujah. Mambro papakatala mahanda. Yetele mosu. Regese ketele mosanda. Hallelujah. Mambro fisikiete. Hallelujah. Sukatalala masandai. Hallelujah. We need to throw off. We need to throw off the old thinking of feeling embarrassed about who we are. We need to throw that off. And, I, and I'm not talking about switching over to being obnoxious. I'm just talking about living in the love and the freedom of God. Amen? And knowing that He loves people. And that, how does He love people? Through you and me. That's how He loves them. Amen? God, God wants to love people. He wants to love those people around you that you work with, that you go to school with. He wants to love them through you. Amen? And that's what we are. We're the witness. Amen? He empowers us to love. You say, but I can't. It's so... He will empower you. He will help you. Amen? That's what He does. That's why He came. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that we could emanate Him. So that we could be Jesus to a world that's so desperate in need of Him. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm, I'm speaking the truth to you. You know what I'm saying. Amen? And, and I, I know it's nothing new for you. But we need to exhort one another. The Bible says, as we see the day approaching, we need to exhort one another in these things. Encourage one another. Yes, you can. You can do it. Amen? You can love the unlovely. You can love the people that have wronged you. You can forgive them. Yes, you can. By the help and grace of God. Amen? You can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? I love you. I, I love you so much. And I thank you for allowing us to be a part of this. Amen? And, and having a partnership together. We're called to great things. Amen? Do you believe that? Yeah. We're, we're not called to small things. We're called to great things. There's so much we can do together. You're a part of this. Amen? Don't ever feel like you're, you're just an attender, an observer. You're not. If you think that, that's wrong. You're a part of this. You need to get engaged. You need to begin to ask the Lord for the rain. You need to begin to share your heart, give testimony, lay hands on somebody, pray for them. Don't be afraid. You'll see the hand of God. I promise you. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So if you are of the persuasion that the Lord has called you to 
the foreign mission field at, at some time in your life that's coming, that's in front of you. If you think that's you, maybe you don't know how it looks. It doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or if you're 90 years old or anywhere in between. If that's you here tonight, I'm going to ask you to come forward and I'm going to have Larry Kay and Laura come and pray over each one of you and um, just allow the Lord to speak to you in that way and minister to you in that way. What can we... Am I on? Maybe you're here and you're feeling a tug. You're sensing there's something there and you're not sure. That's okay. This is how it happens. This is how it begins. That's how it began with me. And, and if, if that's you, you know, I want you to come forward and, and let's pray. And let's trust God. Amen? Let's let God speak. That's all we're saying. Amen? If there's any sense in you, any inclination of doing foreign missions, you know, we want to lay hands on you. Amen? Mm -hmm. There comes Lindsay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I know that there's some very young people, maybe teenagers, but young people in this house that you have it in your heart. I think someday it's going to be me. Um, this isn't committing to doing, to, you don't know what it is yet, but you feel like that's the direction the Lord has for you. Um, tonight, I would say tonight's your night to come and, um, and ask the Lord for clarity on that and what that's going to mean for your future.
Father, we thank you for your reign. We thank you, Lord, that you pour out within and upon us in wave after wave, Lord, of your spirit, of you, Father, more of you, of your presence. That's what we invite and that's what we ask for, Father. That's what we confidently expect from you, Lord. More of your presence, more of your anointing, more of your Holy Spirit, of this final rain that's coming upon the earth. More in the house of God, Father. More in the house of God. That's what we're asking you for, Father. Lord, I know that there are many, many ways that you want us to be involved and connected in this thing and, and bringing this great wave of revival into the kingdom. So Lord, I ask you to put within us, put within your church in the earth the, the ways to accomplish it, the ideas, Father, to bring forth a uniting in every church on what their part in this is and how to accomplish most effectively, Father, this revival that is on its way that is here now lord we call we call the lost into the kingdom of god we say come in the name of jesus come in the name of jesus be filled with the holy spirit draw them lord by your spirit put a draw on them pull them into the churches Pull them to believers, Father. Put an attraction there to your gospel, to your good news. And Lord, I ask you for great boldness upon your body. A great boldness to speak, to declare, to put things into motion, to lay hands on the sick. Father, I ask you to stretch forth your hand to perform signs and wonders at the mention of your name. At the mention of your name that all the earth would know that Jesus is Lord, that you are a good God, that you are Father. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Ushers, if you would bring a basket or two up here and put it on the platform. And we're going we're gonna to take the missions offering, but we're going to do it differently than what we normally do it. As part of our worship, I want you to bring it and put it in the basket and give it unto the Lord tonight. This, this partnership that you've made with missionaries all around the world, um, Larry, Larry's are some of them, others are all over the place. Um, but as you come... In this particular thing, as you present it to the Lord, I want you to release your faith that the Lord is going to increase it and multiply it to enable them to do what the Lord has called them to do. A great tragedy would be for a missionary to go to spend all the time and energy to get to where they're going and not be able to accomplish it because they, they lack the funds, right? So let's enable them and let's release our faith in that. If you need an envelope for your giving, you can raise your hand. Our ushers will bring one to you. Make sure you wave it real high so our ushers see you. And um, if you're praising the Lord with your hands up, expect an envelope. 
And as you know, uh, any place that you designate the funds to go, that's 100% of it where it'll go. Um, if you're making out a check, you can just make it out to CWI. And uh, if you want it to go to Larry and Kay, designate it that way, and we'll get all of it to them. Father, we just present this offering to you with the scent of love attached to it, Father, because we love you. And Father, we thank you that you have given us opportunity again to partner with you in what you're doing in the earth. And Lord, not just with our time and our prayer, but you made a way for us to be connected in all these areas with our time, with our finances. And so, Father, I ask you to receive this gift of love, cause it to multiply and flourish in the place that it is sent. Lord, those that are receiving it, that they would be enabled and encouraged beyond measure. Beyond measure, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you would... Uh, press down, just like you said, running over, that it would be given back again to those that gave. Lord, we want to do bigger things. We ask for bigger vision. Father, we ask you for your heart, for your eyes, for your ears, that we would see and hear and act like you act. I thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Well, one way that we love God in this house is how? By loving one another. So take the time and do that. Love on each other. We have a time of refreshment downstairs. Everyone is invited. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'd like to encourage you in the Word of God tonight for our worship time. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us. And we are not of ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into its courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. That's you and I. So let's stand up together tonight as family, and let's just praise him and thank him for who he is. Amen. Welcome you in this place. We celebrate your presence. King 
King of kings and Lord of lords, healer, deliverer, redeemer, we welcome you. We welcome you in our hearts. We say, come, come and walk among us, Jesus. We are your body. You are the head of the church. We welcome you in this place. Come and speak and touch and minister. You are so celebrated, so desired, so wanted. We love you with all our hearts. We worship you and exalt you and magnify you. Jesus, it's all about you, all about you. So we honor you tonight, and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. Well, one way we love Jesus is by loving one another. Let's turn to each other and just hug on someone and tell them how glad that you are they're here and tell them you love them. Amen. Well, good evening. Welcome to Church of the Word International. Welcome our guests from Turkey this evening. We have Larry and Kay Mills and their daughter, Laura. Do we have anyone that's with us for the first time? Any visitors with us? We'd like to give you a welcome if you're here for the first time. Anyone? All right. Well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord this evening. So if you need a cash envelope, raise your hand. We will be receiving the missions offering at the end of the service. So do keep that in mind and be prepared for that. Aren't you glad that you have a provider tonight? Aren't you glad for that, that he's the source? Everything that's good comes from him, and it's not all on you. It's nice to know that. It's nice to know that there's someone dependable to to lean on. It's not just you. Well, I want to read something very familiar. Most of you probably know these scriptures, but for those that this is new, let's read Malachi uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. So thankful for these scriptures. It says in verse 10, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby, in other words, by this, this is how you're going to test me, thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Would you like to be a land of delight? Would you like to have blessing poured down on you until there's no more need? The devourer rebuked, provided for, protected, blessed, well, then you got to give God his place. That's right. Got to trust God. In God, we trust. You know, we want our nation to be blessed. We want our nation to be a land of delights. Well, we got to give him his place. We got to put him first. And we demonstrate our trust, says here, by the tithe. You know, trust, see if I won't do this, he says. Test me in this. Test me in this. So it starts with us. Let's give God his rightful place, put our trust in him. All right, let's pray over the tithe. 
Father, we are thankful tonight for you. We're thankful that you are the provider, that you are a trustworthy source. So we thank you for our income. We thank you for meeting our needs. I call these people, these tithers, blessed according to your word. And I just thank you that all of their needs, all of the things they need answers for, are already met. In Jesus' name, and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord. All right, a um, few things to mention in our bulletin. Ladies, you have um, time to sign up yet for the, for the ladies' breakfast coming up on February 13th on Saturday. Sign-up sheet's in the back. And for those that are attending the Youth and Young Adult Impact Group, there's a time and location change. It's going to be February 7th, 4 to 6 p.m., and that's going to be at the Schumann's home, so not here at the church. So make note of that. 